This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihew from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. What's up, everybody out there in listener land? This is episode 45 of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. We are back this week. we got a really, really cool show for you, actually, uh, something we haven't done in a while. We've got a, an on-site interview that we're going to get to at some point. But before we get there, I want to welcome our co-host, Steve. What's going on, steve Hey, Tucker. Good to be back on the show. It's been an eventful week, as you are well aware. We actually met up in person, and we have a lot to talk about with regards to the Street of Dreams, so I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, we had a big week, that's for sure. Uh, you know, Street of Dreams is always the, the centerpiece of the summer, it seems like, for the real estate world, and this, this year was no exception, that's for sure. But before we dive into all that goodness, what's been going on with you over the last week? Yeah, so been very, very busy with a lot of different things. On the broker side of things, as an agent, I had an interesting opportunity to preview a very interesting property. You probably have heard of it or seen it. It's a 19,000 square foot home on the river in Lake Oswego on Fielding Road. It was owned previously by probably one of the worst dudes in the real estate industry. Shall, we, shall he say, remain nameless for the sake? He of- will remain nameless, but I might give a hint or two. Okay. He owned he was a developer builder. He owned a company that in Spanish means good view. <laughs> and he was indicted yes. a couple years back. And I mean, if you just Google this person, you will just see the worst things. I it's interesting cuz even back in the day when he was high-flying 2007, 2006, I did not hear a lot of good things about this person. I mean, in fact, I can't, I, I can't remember ever once hearing a good thing about this person. I just have heard a lot of bad things. And, and I think there was some justice in that process because, you know, it all finally caught up with him. But anyway, I, I saw this house. This poor house, in its day, was a showpiece. I mean, again, 19,000 square feet in Lake Oswego on the river, Went into foreclosure, who knows when, a few years back, and it is just, it is, it's boarded up, it's as dilapidated as imaginable. Still worth a lot of money, obviously. It's it's several acres. I think it's three acres. I had a client reach out to me, and we went and showed it. Is it it's on the actually, market right now? It is on the market right now. It's in a hub zoo, bit auction that? process. Okay. Foreclosure. I am hearing that the bidding is up in the three million range now. Huh. This is probably a property that has the potential to be, gosh, seven to ten million dollars when it's all said and done. But it needs probably three, four million dollars in in work. To do you get think? It I mean, just I'm just spitballing here. But do you think that? Uh, I mean, is the property better play for redevelopment? I mean, nineteen thousand square feet is pretty ridiculous, right? So if it's three acres, it sounds like you know almost it might be like three or four, you know. 5,000 square foot houses on the river as opposed to 119. Do you think, I don't know. You, you're better at that stuff than I am. Interestingly enough, my buyer asked the same question, and he was going to check with the city. Now, we were quick internally on my team to assume that was not the case, but I don't know the zoning stuff. We, I just would have assumed that wasn't the case, but you, you make a valid point. Boy, if that was possible, you could see where there'd be a lot of value in that. Yeah, so it's, it's on the Willamette, right? 
Yep. Okay. Yep. Fielding yeah, I would, Road. I would check it out on RMLS. I would, Fielding Road. Is, I would bet there's probably you know developer builder money that's in that bidding process just because. You know, there's only so many people in Portland that would want to buy a, a 19,000 square foot house for three million plus, put another three or four into it, and then have to eventually someday sell that thing for 10 million plus and pay the whatever hundred thousand a month in property taxes that that would pull. You know, that might be a little bit of a, a struggle for most folks, but I would be interesting. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's quite the property. I mean, if you want, I'd even show it to you and meet you out there. It's kind of just an interesting thing to check out now that it's on the market and you can get inside. But I mean, it actually has, it has like an, a stately, long, circular driveway that kind of goes in. You'll see it in the photos with a pond in the front with a bridge over it. Hmm. And then you've got this 19,000 square foot house and there's a pool in the back and then there's the river. And just the best part of Lake Oswego, the north, you know, north of downtown, little ways, almost Dunthorpe. Yeah. Interesting property. It's been out there for quite some time in the foreclosure process. So it's interesting that it's finally coming to market. And and from what I understand, there's quite a few bids on it. Oh, I would I imagine. There's a lot of interest in it. So yeah. kind of like that one house up in, remember we talked about, oh, I don't know, a year ago up in Northwest that the old, I think, mayoral candidate or somebody bought and they bought it for like 2.3 million. I think they got it. They're trying to sell it for around five or six or seven right now. I think it was Erickson. He ran for for some type of Congress. I think, yeah, Mike Erickson or something like that. Yeah, he's the one who purchased that and was going to flip it. High-end flip, of course. But other than that, on the brokerage side, things are good. I'm working with my marketing team. Where we have this concept that we're implementing in all of our offices where when you walk in to the lobby, there's going to be a flat-screen TV on the wall playing our videos, looping you know about 20 or 30 of our videos that we create internally through our marketing platform. If you recall, those, these are the videos we create for our listings that have drone footage. They've got a voiceover, really, really, really high quality HGTV quality videos that we create. So that'll be on the wall in all of our branches. What we're doing is we're going to first create it in one of our branches as kind of a beta test prototype. And then once we've nailed it, the formula for this, we're going to duplicate it. And by that, it's not just the TV, but there's also going to be a marketing table where we showcase all of our great marketing both printed pieces, some of the other collateral. And so I've been working on that. And then lastly, the other thing we've got going on is we're really close to signing a lease on our new downtown East Portland office. It's in the Lloyd District, if you recall. It's right there as you come off the 84. If you're heading west on 84, take the Lloyd Center exit. As you come to the stop sign off that off-ramp, the office is right there with great, great visibility. In fact, one of the things we've been working on this week is signage so that as you're coming off that off-ramp, you'll see Premier Property Group very prominently displayed there on that building. So been working on that. How's your week? I think you and the guys at Directors are jousting for most recognized brand in town when it comes to real estate. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that joust. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's not a bad it's joust co- to it's, have. It's good company to have either way. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a crazy week. Obviously, we were both up at Street of Dreams. We'll talk about that here in a second. Earlier in the week, getting kind of a sneak preview and kind of a behind the scenes of the whole development, really, which is kind of cool. But beyond that, we've got a a house we just put on the market today. It's one that's probably going to be, you know, it's battle axe price point, $299, turnkey, southeast Portland. And we put it active this morning. It's already had two showings, people that wanted to call us directly. So I anticipate we're going to have, you know, a battle to uh, get uh, some offers in on that really quickly. So that's always nice. 
We also, uh, I've mentioned to you before, we've had we've had a ton of production companies over the year that have kind of courted us and wanted us to be the you know centerpiece of a potential show. Problem is, they all have a vision for the show that I just don't really agree with in terms of rinsing and repeating a same old same old and you know i just don't know that i want to sell out our brand for the same old same old and so we actually uh, there's a production company right above us here in our building and i've got to know the guy that owns it quite well uh, he did some uh, video stuff for us on our event a couple months ago and so we actually just started filming yesterday uh, our own little show that we're starting and so we'll see how it gets traction but you know it's done our way the way we wanted to do it and i think it'll get a good response so uh we ha- we were out in the field yesterday doing a lot of shooting which was kind of cool very very cool yeah, yeah. So i'll keep you posted but uh, day 1 is is in the books for shooting which is cool but beyond that i would say the biggest highlight of the week is we got to go up street of dreams you were there twice obviously i couldn't make block party night but you were up there for that we were there for uh, kind of a behind-the-scenes interview, like I mentioned, with Rick Weibel from Stafford Homes and Land. And they had a, a spec home up there that we got to go walk through. We got to check out the terrible views off the back, right? And, you know, we got a behind-the-scenes of, you know, really the details behind the development. And I think a lot of people go to Street of Dreams and, you know, they see the houses and they see kind of the, what's on the surface. But he, he went deeper than I thought he was going to go, really, in terms of telling us, you know, all the challenges and how – it was originally platted for 41 lots and the rug kind of got pulled out from underneath them. And there's just there's a lot to that development, I will say, especially with the winery that's now not a part of the actual Street of Dreams. It's just kind of uh, in addition to. So crazy stuff for sure. But I'm curious. You were there that day with me. It was kind of mayhem. It's like the day before, you know, day before the day before, which is craziness up there. And then the, the block party night is like everybody's like, ah, oh, we made it, you know, and. And everybody shows up and has a good time and drinks and food and tours the houses. What'd you think? What'd you think overall? And what'd you think on your upon your second visit? Oh my gosh, it's amazing! It's amazing. I I think we'll look back on this one as quite possibly the best ever. But if not that, then in the top couple. <laughs> so I've been fortunate enough. Here we are today. We're recording this and, and we're releasing it, and most of our listeners will not have been there unless they went to the block party. So we're pretty fortunate to to have this sneak preview and, and to be able to talk about it. I've been fortunate to be there twice now. The block party was amazing. Like you said, it was just, uh, it was a perfect day. It was actually really, really warm. It's, you know, it's a, it's a who's who of the industry, the building and the real estate industry. You know, you see so many people from our business and, and everybody's having a good time and letting their hair down. I will say it's a little bit of a trek to get there. That's probably the one downside to this year's Street of Dreams. We noticed this and and kind of acknowledged this. Most of the time in years past, you're far enough away that they bus you in. This year, they did have a couple buses and they were running them, but most people, you're kind of at this tweener distance where you park your car and you can see the Street of Dreams. So most people ended up just walking, but it's, it's very hilly, it's uphill. And it's quite a trek. There are a couple buses, but I think a lot of people acknowledge but that by the time you wait for the bus, you may as well have walked there. So that's probably the only downside to it. Here's the other thing about Block Party. I didn't get into every house. Obviously, I saw them all from the street. And you and I saw Rick's house on Tuesday. And then on the, at the Block Party, I saw Jeff Haggard's house. And we interviewed him here on the show, gosh, two months ago. And, and that was a cool interview. Well, I'm going to just say right now that I think, and I'm going to preface this again, I haven't been inside every house, but I think he's got the best house there this year. I mean, it is probably the best Street of Dreams house I've ever seen. Beautiful, beautiful house, Mediterranean style, 
I mean, the backyard, you just stand there and it's just surreal. You're looking at this gorgeous infinity pool. It's got a little water slide going into it. The vineyard is there in the background. Mount Hood is right there. It's got an outdoor barbecue kitchen area, huge doors opening into the house. Just a really, really cool property. It's got a little casita off to the side with a guest quarters. Awesome, awesome property. Kudos to Jeff Haggard. He gave me some block party tickets, so I was appreciative of that. I got to chat with him a little bit there. He's got a golf simulator in one of the garage bays um, in the garage. Huge golf simulator. He was actually hanging out there when when I went through the house. (laughs) But yeah, that was fantastic. I was glad to see that. I'm definitely going to be going back to the Street of Dreams. I want to give it a little bit more time and attention on a day that's not quite as chaotic. Yeah, I know Realtor Day is coming up Monday, but that's kind of a, you know, for lack of a better word, a shit show sometimes, too, because you got people <laughs> yeah. funneling in like crazy, and, you know, you don't really have much time to be able to kind of look inside the houses because you got a lineup of people in front of you and behind you, so it makes it a little tough, but... Well, and then you're on Realtor Day, you end up having almost the same problem where you're seeing everybody you know, and you end up talking more than you do looking at houses, so sometimes at these great Street of Dreams like this one... You just want to pick a quiet Tuesday night when no one else, you're probably not going to know anyone there and just go see some houses, you know. Yeah, actually, I think, I, you know, I had family in town, so I couldn't make a blog party, but I think they usually have a, a you know, a past builder night, and so we always get invited to that now, of course, and so we'll probably go up there on that night, and it's usually a little thinner as far as the crowd, so we can go yeah. through and, and check out the different houses, but yeah, the view is amazing up there. There's no question about that. My only concern is, you know, I guess if I was going to be living there myself is when in the hell are they going to open a grocer up again in Willamette? Because that obviously makes it a lot easier on life to just be able to shoot down to Willamette and get your groceries and whatever. But right now they've, they closed down that Hagen, so it makes it tough. You almost have to go all the way up to the hill or you got to go to Wilsonville or you got to go to Tualatin. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. It'll probably happen. I would have to think it will at some point, but... That is a really, really good point. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure it will, but most of the homes up there are customs, right? So as we found out, so, you know, Haggard's, I, I saw it in passing. I walked up to it initially because I went to the wrong house when we went up there on Tuesday uh, to meet Rick, and uh, I, I thought it looked like an amazing house. And, you know, they really do a great job. The year we did it in 2013, I, I loved their house then. I thought they did a great job, you know, not only on, you know, the the outside, but also the design on the inside. They they just, they're a solid builder, and um, they do great work. So I'm I'm not surprised to hear that you you like their house the best, even though you you know you don't have any vested interest in saying that. Yeah, it's just kind of got it all going on, and and you know you've got the views, you've got the pool, you've got the outdoor living. I like the garage configuration. Did you see that? No, I didn't. It's kind of got like a I believe it's a circular driveway. You go through a covered area. I'm I'm doing some gestures that you're seeing here. Our listeners won't be able to see it, but you see you go through like a covered archway area. And then it's a four-car garage, I believe, and they're facing each other. So there's two garages here, there's two here, and I thought it was kind of cool. It's unique. It looked like a really cool house. I will say that, um, obviously, we were in Rick's house as well, and I thought he did a fantastic job also. I think that the back patio area, the covered uh, outdoor living, I mean, that was it was really nice. It was. And then the room that we actually did the interview in that you guys will hear here in just a second, it's like a, a media room that's off the back of the house that had basically glass all around it so you got the entire views you looked over the winery it was a really really cool house as well he you know was obviously very proud of it for good reason and you know he showed us all the design pictures that he had picked out over the course of time and then kind of integrated as much of it as he could into the house and then there was that uh, that tree that we actually thought was real 
but it was uh, it was art. It was a metal tree that they put there in kind of the atrium area, which um, uh, I thought that was really cool. I thought people would really like that, and and uh, they probably will as time goes on here. Yeah, Rick has some amazing creativity. I was really really impressed. You know, a couple other things going on in his house. I agree with you. I loved it. I love the single level living. He has that, like you said, that tree that the house was wrapped around on the front end of the house. Remember, he had the rock in the shower, a huge boulder that he actually had in the house before, you know, they started construction. They framed the house around it. I think the joke was that at one point they had to brace up the flooring because it sunk (laughs) on the flooring in the shower. And so they had to go back in and, and brace it up a little bit better. He also had the Vegas style flamethrowers in the front as he's got kind of got like a water moat around the house mm-hmm. now i haven't seen these operating yet but you know when you go to vegas you've got like all these ponds and then there's like flames shooting up out of the water well he's got that going on there at the front of the house i liked also the office that was all glass that, that was, was cool that was a really really nice looking touch he has a lot of metal beams in his house um he really went with that kind of industrial look of steel framing beams and there was that one wall that he was kind of showing us where it's the steel beam starts in all the way out to the exterior. And you can kind of follow it with your eyes. It looked really good. Yeah, um, it kind of mirrored, you know, one side of the fireplace mirrored the inside fireplace mirrored the outside fireplace, which was cool. Yeah. No, his his house is fantastic as well. And that one is available. That one is a spec home and on the market. I don't anticipate he's going to have too much of a problem getting a buyer for that house. Yeah, probably not. And they had the Oregon Mister in the back, too, which was kind of cool, where uh, you turn it on and, you know, how in uh, Phoenix or whatever, you got the actual Misters. Well, here it's like raindrops on that little uh, steel thing that he created, which was kind of cool. So a lot of show type stuff to uh, show off for this year's show with that house. And we'll put a link in the show notes so that everybody wants to get some more details on that or see what it is. uh, They can take a look. But yeah, I'm really excited about our interview. I think you know, he's one of those guys that he didn't really know what a podcast was. And so it was cool to kind of open his eyes to it. And, and hopefully this will kind of push, you know, the envelope in terms of uh, exposing us to more and more people that are kind of starting to figure out that this whole on-demand radio thing is kind of cool. And, you know, it's, it's the way of the future for sure. And, you know, we had, a, we had a long conversation with him about it, trying to explain exactly what a podcast is and why in the world we do this crazy show. But uh, I think in the end he figured it out and, and uh, he gave us a great interview. So I'm excited to, to uh, jump into it here and, and let everybody hear it. Yeah, and the other cool thing we heard, you know, we got a lot of inside information from the builders and the the developers of this fantastic Street of Dreams. If you recall, and I think we've talked about this, in fact, I think we talked about it with Jeff Haggart a few months back, there was supposed to be a sixth house, and it's actually in between those two houses. It was in between, it was supposed to be in between Rick's and Jeff Haggart's house. It was a previous blazer. We'll say his initials were SB, and he played point guard. (laughs) (laughs) and he was working with blazer homes of all builders names ironically i guess what really was the hang-up what we kind of heard from the inside scoop was the vineyard there was concern you see when they started this project and some of our any of you might go into this but when they started this project that vineyard they were shooting to have it be open several days a week but they got a lot of pushback from primarily that one potential homeowner and for security reasons and having people nearby and so on and so forth. And so they kind of scaled it back to just Sundays. That vineyard will be open Sundays. It'll be open to the public. You know, there's another great vineyard down there that I've heard a lot of good things about it, which is Pete's Mountain Vineyard. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if you've been there or heard about it. I haven't. 
I've been hearing from a variety of sources that it's pretty cool. They're only open on Sundays as well. So they scale back to where it's just going to be open on Sundays. But even at that, this previous Blazer just wasn't having it. Really, really was wound tight is what we're hearing about the security component and having people near his house. So he ended up pulling out of the show. So there isn't available or actually, no, the lot's no longer available. Yeah, it's we, sold. we found out um, that it's under contract. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be built out just after the show. But uh, I think they've got one lot left. Uh, down at the end on the other side of Haggard's house that that is available. But other than that, I think everything's sold out. So bottom line is it was a really cool show. It was really nice of Rick to uh, invite us in and kind of give us a sneak peek and kind of pull back the curtain on everything that went into getting this property ready. And really that they, you know, uh, this they could have, they were thinking about originally doing this show last year, but they decided to let J.T. Smith and his location there off Noss and Goodall go first. And so this is kind of the bookend to a couple of uh, really cool Westland Lake Oswego shows. So... One last thing I want to say, I'm hearing I'm hearing rumblings that next year is in Happy Valley and I'm also hearing some rumblings that some people aren't thrilled with the site. Have you heard anything? I have heard, I don't know where. I will say if they're doing another Happy Valley show, I'm not super stoked about it, but I do know that it's an incredible challenge to find enough dirt in order to do these shows. So, you know, sometimes their backs against the wall in terms of finding something that's even viable. And, you know, Happy Valley, as we all know, it's probably got more dirt that's available than anywhere else that's already been developed around here. And uh, they've got views and hills and things like that. So that's probably why, is my guess. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to hear as as the weeks go on and months go on. You and I will catch some word of what officially is out, out there and what's going on. And we'll bring that to our list. Yeah, we'll pass it on to you guys for sure. But without further ado, let's jump into this uh, interview with Rick Weibel from Stafford Homes and Land. I know you guys are going to dig it. So basically, I just wanted to run a few questions by you just about the development in general. Give a little bit of a background because you've had a, a marriage to this thing for a long time. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's some cliff notes and highlights that maybe would be cool to talk about. And then um, from there, you know, just talk about um, what the house that you're – this is the only spec that you guys have going, right? The other one's Gordon's. Yeah. So – Maybe uh, we talk about this house, um, and then if Steve's got any, you know, other questions, really, that's that's all I wanted to focus on. I didn't want to take up too much time. Did we'll you at any point think about living here? No. Yeah. No. You like your house. Gordon did. Yeah. Gordon, Gordon felt like he needed to <clears throat> make it fair. And I was like, dude, dude, I did that. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my wife said, you get to move this far from Wilsonville, six inches. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Not, not even here. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I never did. Were you in a Street of Dreams before? Or? Oh, 05 and 07. I love that. The quarry. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So we were the brick one. <clears throat> on both sides, if you live in the, the area or the development that you built in or whatever, it's a little bit challenging. But having buyers, spec buyers that then you have to service for a year can be very challenging too, depending on personality type. Depends on yeah. your, yeah. I don't know that I'd be afraid to live in a project we developed. That's always been a, a fear of some people, but I mean, we sell the cops and lawyers and yeah you figure so do you yeah um, i mean I, I, so you just you, i always used to say i don't want to sell the cop i don't want to sell a lawyer yeah. why because there's some kind of well know, recently i no, not that so much but like recently like i turned down buying a piece of property that was caddy corner from my house to build two homes on and i let um uh show Ender buy it because i just he i yeah he, he i didn't want to them say hey tucker my toilet it's not flushing right oh, or uh, i thought it was the heat of the neighborhood Going, you know, you're the neighborhood destroyer. Yeah, no, actually, where I live, they're actually pretty pro. Um, you know, if I lived in Southeast Portland, I'd be the neighborhood destroyer. But sure. fortunately, on Upper Drive, everybody kind of gets it. Yeah. But I just didn't want to live that close to people that, 
you know are going to be pestering you for yeah. whatever that they don't they don't respect the mediums of, of communication that sure. you know sure. the uh, contract outlines in terms of that kind of stuff. It's, Turn a form in on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> my service guy will contact you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That people don't tend to read that far; they just react most times. So. Yes, they do. Um, so anyway, yeah, no, I didn't want to live here. Gotcha. Um, I think it's a great setting. I mean, unbeatable setting, but I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, the, the view is fantastic. There's yeah. no doubt about that. I. I really didn't know what to expect coming up here. I knew that you know you guys had a view in the vineyard, but I mean the way that it's laid out, it's it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely um, you know surprised uh, in a good way how, how it looks. That's for sure. So always amazing how quick these come together. When you stop and think about it, I mean, <clears throat> a year ago I did come out here. I had some buyers that were working with Jeff Haggard. We were kind of that's true. Looking at that lot, that. we walked onto that lot. <clears throat> I remember at the time we were trying to figure out where it started, started and where it stopped. But so I mean, you, you just, said it. It was just chopped down with <clears throat> Scott's broom and sticker bushes, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, yep. the year we did it, I mean, before they even put the road in, I walked it and kind of ballparked where each lot would be. And um, it, it, you know, fortunately, I I thought I picked well. But uh, it, it was, it's amazing how different it looks. You have to get done. get the grade in your head and all that. Yeah, which you know, ninety five loads of dirt later, we were hauling, able to actually hauling? Yeah, hauling out. Yeah, we were actually. You couldn't put it across the street, down that hill. Why? I, they I, we did as, we did as much as we could, but wow, ninety five loads. So we've know. picked half this mountain up and moved it over there, and then picked half of that mountain up and moved it back. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Well, I mean, the vineyard. I think Herb worked. was anti us uh, moving and dumping something that if I remember correctly there was a reason why nobody was allowed to because a lot of people on that side of the street had a lot of excavation sure the other side of the hill flat, yeah um, and elite next door us they had a, I mean they had to dig into a hillside I was on the swale they were on the hill and uh, they get difficult settings yeah they, they, they're doing a nice flat lot next time I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they do do difficult settings check this sure. out guys this is so funny I still have this picture there you go is that yeah. a lot so we came out to the lot these were my buyers he uh he uh Owns a huge trucking company locally. <clears throat> and we were we were working with Jeff, got pretty far into the process, got his designer down. We were really? we were pretty far into you, huh. are those yeah. little trees back there? Yeah, we saved. There's, there's a couple there. there's a couple of these photos too. Yeah. Yeah, actually I would I would run over more of the trees um, in the beginning. These ones are pretty healthy. We kept all the good ones. Mm-hmm. There's some of these straggly <laughs> things over here. <laughs> Gordon. Gordon, he had a good thing. He had a good saying. He says it takes thirty years to grow one back. Just leave them. But some of them were blocking them out. And then I stood in this room right here, looked out that way, and said, "Keep chopping them down until I can see Mount Adams." Right. Well, you got Mount Hood right smack there, which is pretty damn cool. So walk us through the progression of this property and this idea. Um, when did it first begin? I think this property. There's two landowners. So one landowner owns the two end pieces. Let's just call them all 20 acres. And then one landowner in the middle. They've owned them since the 60s. And um, so they qualified for a measure for 37. And um, Gordon found them back in 2004 or 5, began working through that process. Got this approved for 41 lots. Uh, fought for a year and a half with water up here. Um, got the roads in, got permits. It was pretty really far along, a couple million bucks spent. So he started in 2004, though, really. I don't know if when, whenever Measure 37 came along yeah. is what triggered the purchase of this property. And um, then when Measure 49 came along, literally they just came out, stop work. Wow. Stop work, and he had to go to the... Uh, when was that? What year was that, Measure 49? 
Measure 49 came out in 2007. Okay. And he basically was sitting up here with 25 pieces of iron and dudes working, and the next morning they just couldn't work. Wow. Done. <laughs> what was what was the um, what, what measure forty nine? Explain what that. So measure thirty seven. Measure thirty seven came along, which was intended to restore property owner rights. So when when you bought this property back in the sixties, you had the right to do one acre lots. Uh-huh. I'm just giving an example. In, uh-huh. this, in this case, it's pretty close. Um, and in the eighties, they came out with a law that says you can't the, the, where your urban growth boundary laws came from and all your zoning laws. And this basically became farmland, so farm forest. And you couldn't develop anymore. Uh-huh. So one one residence per. And, um, so anyway, long story short, he measure forty nine came out. Thirty seven came first after that and restored first. it back to what it used to be. Yep. And, and yep. that was probably in the nineties. No, 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 no. Two thousand five. Two thousand five. So they were it was a very together. short. It was a very short time. Okay. You get your property owner rights back, and then they did this. What I think it was insanity. It's all I can put. I mean, it's. The People's Republic of Oregon really came up with a great one here. They basically said you only have this much time to turn in your claim. And what they did was they caused a rush, a land rush on all this stuff. And so timber companies were taking 2,000 acre pieces and going 2,000 lots. Right. And just flooding the whole state and it freaked everybody out so bad. And they said you have to race to get quote unquote vested. So then a bunch of people started racing and spending money and really going after it and you know, being a being a take charge kind of guy, Gordon said, Oh, I'll show you a race and got, like I said, all the way through permitting, all the way through putting gravel down, building roads. Um, I think only one got further and that was in Newburgh where they built those little dog houses. Mm-hmm. You heard about that one? Mm-hmm. But yeah. They I mean they were trying to get houses built on there so they could say, Look, you can't take it away. Right. And mm-hmm. they got this little road in, and they took wow. it away. You go up there now, and they're just little grown-over shacks. And, oh, wow. And it's kind of sad. It and, is. And so Measure 49 comes and basically takes it all away, and then some. It's even worse than it was. Oh, now wow. it has restrictions that are so deeply rooted, I don't know what's going to happen. But the long story short is you can now do one parcel uh, in this zone can get uh, two more pulled off of it, and they're max two acres. So if you have a 10-acre piece... You can yeah. pull two off, and you have to cluster all three homes. So that wow. that's what you get. And then we have three tax lots here. we got three houses. And those houses can't be anywhere you want. They have to be on the tax lot. So And all of them have to be clustered together. So the end one has Haggart's and two other lots down there. This is the middle one, and we have these three lots. And then that one is Gordon's, or that lot three, has those other two lots on there. So there's three tax lots here? Three tax lots. Well, yeah. well, there's three parent lots that each divided two more lots off of. Oh. So there's nine total. Okay. And then you guys split off, of yeah. course, the winery. Area yeah. down so they're all basically two-acre lots. Six of them are two-acre. Three of them are the remaining pieces, which are roughly 15 to 20 acres each. Gotcha. So it went from a potential 41-lot development <clears throat> to nine. It went from a sold-out money down. I mean, I had five lots reserved for our company right. to be up here. And every builder that you know... Oh, it would have been like, all the All the normal yeah. guys had... Yeah, yeah. Oh, they would have been blowing up your phone, like, constantly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we were going to end up building pre-sales up here. I don't really do that, you know, very it, much. It would have changed, I think, for the better, this area up here, um, to some extent. I mean, now... Having I mean, a bunch of lots? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it would have brought in, potentially, maybe a small grocer or something like that up on the hill up here. Because, right, you know, I grew up in this area, and it's 
the one thing that you know it's it's ten minutes to, to Starbucks or you know down to Willamette or whatever. But I went down to Willamette yesterday to get um, I don't know some ice and some other stuff for guys. The Chevron was getting paved. I ran over to the uh, little corner store down there. Mm-hmm. That closed. Oh, the the, uh, the, the old, old grocery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that the, thing the, was paper papered up and closed. Yeah. And I ran across the freeway and went to that mall. That thing closed. Yeah, the Albertsons they closed. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. Down yeah. on top of the hill to get yeah. just a, yeah. a quickie mark. There, yeah, you it's, know, it's crazy. Oh wow. Um, I, I think they're going to reopen <clears throat> Albertsons as something else at some point. But it, sure. I mean, I know probably everybody lives Hagen there. Hagen went out of business too. Hagen went out of business. Well, yeah, it'd probably become a Whole Foods. Actually, there was an Albertsons. It was a Hagen's, and they closed it. Because yeah. that's what happened to the one by my yeah. house too. Yep. So, but probably uh, off, probably off course here. So, w- at what point did you guys change gears and go, okay, we can't do forty-one lots. Maybe we should do a Street of Dreams up there. We we call this a um, rescue mission for what Gordon put in back in the day. So it went their investment. There's no profit in this at all. In fact, we probably lost. I was going to say when you buy based on forty-one lots, yeah, and you end up with nine. That presents a challenge. There's a challenge, and so it's a rescue operation for any funds back after you get the development built, and it sort of went over budget. <laughs> there's, more, I think, there's more landscaping yeah, in, in one acre on this thing than there's been in a lot of street dreams put together. There's just never this much land, right? Yeah, you know, and so we've got. I got a to-do list. You think a punch list on a house is long? Uh, a to-do list on 63 acres with a vineyard and three houses is insane. Yeah. Right? We got, I think we got 45 guys on this hill just ourselves, not subs. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> between the farm workers and the people at the vineyard and the winery. Right. So it's. But it make, it also is what makes it one of the most special street of dreams possibly ever, right? I, I hate to sound pompous, but I don't know how I've been on land selection for a long time. Yeah, you've been. You've I don't seen a lot see. I don't see the potential of this happening again for a while. Yeah. Um, clustering this many lots, and I don't see it in anything to be done. Your, your 2013 one was pretty close. I, I thought that was a great setting. I will say this is better. Yeah. And uh, you know, I've been pretty harsh on other ones that have been selected. <laughs> harsh. I, I, you know, that would be a good way to put it, but. You're right. I don't think that you can. Yeah, it's just tough to replace will, it. I don't think this will get beat ever. Honestly. Yeah, really yeah it's quite possible. We don't have the land use for it. it. You know, luxury homes aren't really sustainable in volume in Oregon. It's tough. I mean, yeah. it's really we go to go to the mat to pull out a site every year. Jeff Smith's back to back with this one was a deal we cut a couple of years ago. Right. And I think I'm even glad. Gordon was pushing for this one to go first, and um, in hindsight, I kind of said, "Why don't we let Jeff?" slide by he was more anxious he was a little bit more ready mm-hmm. we weren't ready for it and once that sunk in we both kind of went yeah okay you go first the market got better right um and it's ready for this kind of this price tag yeah i mean the price tag's big yeah yeah this is the biggest price tag possibly it's, ever right some some news is saying five million i don't really <clears throat> get into any of that stuff right uh, I, I i like to say we're the cheapest ticket to get on the hill here in this yeah. house <laughs> so this house we're sitting in what it, this is a spec um, yeah. What is, I guess, uh, the, the numbers on it in terms of square footage, beds, bath, and, and the price tag ultimately? 6,275 feet. Okay. Uh, we got 3.4 million. Okay. And uh, it's got five bedroom, five bath. Okay. Kind of a, kind of a um, in-law. All one level. Multi-generational, not a step in the house except for those going to the lawn. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. I call it zero barrier. And you've got the worst view of the place. 
What really sucks is when you're dog tired and you sit on the back patio at night at the end of the day and just go, I can't take it, but look out at the mountain and the, the lights were on down at the barrel house last night. That was pretty cool. That's the Street of Dreams burn right there. Not everybody gets that. Yeah. <laughs> and we really haven't mentioned um, that Oregon Golf Club right there. I mean, you guys, did you guys build a road to it? A little black road cart, cart path of some sort? Just across the street, the gates are right across the street. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, is it now this is an actual car road? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's I came in through the other we, way. We plan on that being the entrance to the vineyard. Uh, we're only open five and a half hours on Sundays. Okay, the deal we cut uh, as the vineyard owners, we had to cut that with the the CCNRs right here in the HOA because the HOA we lost some buyers and some builders yeah. got beat up in here just because of the way we were doing the vineyard and they, they didn't like. The, the amount of time we're going to be open. So we're going to be open, you know, four days a week, three, four, five, six days. I wanted the freedom to do whatever we could grow into. Right. And kind of funny, the ones that were stinkers about it left, the ones that are pretty much fine with everything, didn't really have those demands. And But we left the CCNRs the way the most rigorous person's lawyer allowed them to get to before they fled. Right. So, 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 you, so that you basically we, we have these leftover laws that we imposed on ourselves to keep everybody happy and right. they left. But you cha- you you chased away the ones you didn't want to work with. Yeah. So there was some benefit there. In the end works yeah. out. You know? <laughs> There's some... Uh, I, would have, I would have liked more builders to be in this and I think that I wish... It was kind of a personal... I didn't like that that turned out that way. The other builders should have been able to build in here. Right. You know, I mean, the ones that couldn't do a spec are one thing, but the ones that could do a spec or, you know, that wanted to be here but couldn't quite get their buyer happy, that kind of sucked. Yeah, that's that's always too bad. Um, But there's always the spec game, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and you know, that... um, yeah, like I said, not everybody does a big spec. No, it's you know? it's a different world. I mean, it's a totally different business. Well, because that, that clientele, I think, has what they want in their mind. They'd rather bring it up from scratch. I don't I don't know that that I would make a business out of building three million dollar everyday houses. Yeah, I would I would say three million to push, but uh, we have made a business out of two million. So. <laughs> yeah, well, two million is a neighborhood house in Lake Oswego. Yes. This is sort of this this is a different buyer. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, it's it's a different way to live too. You know? Yeah, but I, you know, I think that this home, just from the few minutes I've been in it, it offers enough that, you know, I, I've heard people say that argument. Well, if people are going to spend that much money, they'll just build their own house. Yes. I don't necessarily agree with it fully yeah. because we can argue. Up, we can argue on the radio. Here. It's your show. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you've been up here forever, right? I mean, does a, does somebody really want to subject their marriage to that? Because it's a challenge, you know, yeah. building a home from the ground up. You know, design, there's a lot of late nights, there's a lot of arguments, there's a lot of conversations, there's a lot of meetings. There's a lot that goes into getting your vision, your exact vision created. And I think, honestly, people that have this kind of money, there is a good amount of them that say, screw it. If it's good enough, let's do it, you know, because I don't want to subject myself to that. I make my money doing what I do, whatever it is, right? And, uh, you know, that's, I'm happy with life, I'm happy with the house, let's do it. So I guess my point is, I don't think you're going to have a problem selling this house. Um, I really don't have to be in here. Yeah, and not everyone is, is is qualified to make those decisions, too. I mean, you do this every day. Both of you guys do this every day. So I, I would trust you more so to come in here and go, hey, what should we put here? How's, how's that going to showcase the, the views and the, the property the best? Is, is, you know, Bob and Susie Smith that have day jobs and, you know, he's 
whatever they do, are, is that their <coughs> highest and best use of their time and to come up with that? So I, I get the argument, but yeah, I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense to put somebody who's a pro in that position. And by golly, I think I think a lot of those people will come in and, and really like the finished product. And I just, you have I just had this conversation like a week ago. That's, that's why I bring it so up. So you're ready. You're ready yeah, well, somebody was <laughs> telling me the same thing. Why in the world would you build two million homes? And it's like, well, first of all, it's like a Swigo two million bucks doesn't go as far as it used to. But sure. at the same time, you know, we we give people with money the easy button, you know? And yeah. that's essentially what it is. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think this is, this is the same thing. But um, having the show for the next 30 days, 35 days, whatever it is at this point, um, how is the, is the house on the market? How are you guys planning on handling showings, or have you even thought that far ahead yet? We took the realtor box off. We signs are down. It's going to get shown just during the show. We'll, right. When they call in, we'll basically any realtors will just arrange to come through it during the day. Yeah, because that was that was our biggest private, challenge. Pri- private showings win. Yeah, when the show's not open, you can come up at seven if you don't want yeah. ruckus. You know. Yeah. Otherwise, was... we're not going to close the house down and say hey. Yeah, we got showing in here. We'll be we'll be a while. <laughs> yeah, I did that, and uh, it was a total waste of my time. The guy that uh, came in and did it was uh, he wanted to play the big baller. Role, he wanted to he wanted it quiet. And, yeah, and then it. there was also an individual that I've talked about before that they wanted the whole street shut down because they thought they were so important that people might clamor to them. I'm not doing up. that. And, uh, <laughs> It was ridiculous, but they didn't end up buying it either. So yeah, the people yeah, that yeah. bought it were actually really down to people, and it you wouldn't have perfect. seen them coming. From we wouldn't have seen them coming. Yeah. They actually bought Polish's home in the year before Street of Dreams, but they walked through ours and they liked I've it seen so some, much. I've seen people ride that. Move. I've seen people ride that and go year after year, yeah. and <laughs> when the times are good, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you. I think they made over a hundred grand on the home they made the, bought the year before. So all things Flipped considered, it. on a luxury home, you know, yeah. netted out pretty good, and they upgraded, so it worked out. But. Um, so there's a total of how many in the street? Six houses? Is that what I heard? Five. 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 I, I, sometimes I get funny and I say um, there's six buildings. We built 50% of them. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I say these things out loud because yeah. it really rings true. That it is holy true. shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, how many of them? Are, this is the only spec, correct? Yeah. Okay. Now, now <clears throat> that being said, I heard, at least I've never seen it go on, but I've heard that they would sell it and I think it's, it's actively for sale if someone wanted to buy it. And I also heard that there might be a buyer. Uh, Although I will say, day one, we had the block party in 2013, we did it. And uh, JT Smith came up and said, hey, we got a buyer already. We're going pending. And, you know, three months later, it was still a market. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of hearsay and rumor that goes yeah, around. I don't want to, because it just gets passed right down yeah. the street. And you just go, I don't know. It sounds like they've, they're sold. But how would you know? Because it's not listed. Yeah. So... Have you, know, you been through most of the houses? I don't go in any of them. You haven't been in anything? No. Have you even been in um, Gordon's? I've been in Gordon's only like six times. Yeah. Okay. I went in there and I didn't like a couple things and the way the lumber was and all that. And I just suggested. Got it. I, we got Ron down there running Gordon's house. Yeah, and let her do her thing. Yeah. Ron is, uh, you know, Gordon's got his wife and they've got their vision. And it, it, yeah. I only, I just, you know what I do? I, I do stupid stuff like, you see this green fencing the HBA's got? Mm-hmm. I, I did this back in 2005 to myself, and I did it in 2007 to myself, not in show. I superimposed it with our marketing guy onto the fence, took a picture, and put not in show and photocopied it and put it all over the office, emailed it to everybody and said, listen, if every day isn't an ass-kicking day, you're not getting done. Yeah. And they'll put this up right in front of your house, and yeah. they'll walk right by your, all your hard work and say, not in show. 
Gordon, Gordon just hates the way I do yeah. stuff. Like well, that. it's it's true. I mean, that was <laughs> it's cattle prod. You know, that was hanging over our head the year we did it, and um, you know, there there was a not in show house, but it was planned that way. So yeah, uh, but yeah. It, it has happened to not a few in people. show. I know. I bet when you uh, had your little wake up call with a fire in the house, you were like, oh boy. <laughs> you yeah, too. We had a fire, uh, uh, about, a fire about this day before <laughs> the show. Uh, there uh, was an electrical fire in the crawl space, and the um, that's not an easy one to catch. No, I got a call from uh, the gal that was running the show for the HP at the time and uh, she said your house is on fire get to the show and she hung up and I'm trying to, <laughs> and I'm trying to call Jeremy she was grabbing pails of water yeah, and handing yeah, well, them to she people. wasn't doing anything she was just calling me to give me a heart attack and so I was calling Jerry I was calling Joni who were uh, my wife and our project manager on site they weren't picking up their phone so I'm envisioning you know I'm dri- driving 100 miles an hour through downtown Lake Oswego trying to get to this place thinking it was going to be on fire show up there and uh, Jerry had gotten into the crawl space with the hose Put it out, but the fireman showed up. Did he take and that's, a hose in the fireplace? He, in, the mean, crawl in the crawl space? Well, he did there. He got Luckily, it was on site, and it was uh, he was able to take it off the back patio, run it inside through the La Cantina doors and down. Anyway, uh, and then the fireman showed up, and they wanted to make sure it was out, so they grabbed the saw, and they were about to cut a big hole in our floor. And Joni said, <laughs> Not even. F no, you ain't cutting that. And uh, they got really pissy, but she didn't let them because they were going to cut right through the four joists. They were, they were just going to cut. And that Jaws was, of life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. was like today, right? And uh, you know that was after everything else we are dealing with. And fortunately, we, we took care of it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I know the stress. See? Well. There's, there's show ready, and then there's ready. Yeah. So what point will you <laughs> go into some of these other houses? Would that be I go, tomorrow, go, block party? It depends. Depends on how much chit chat happens tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I I just for you know what I don't like going about is I go in there and I see oh there's a water wall inside there's a the one upsmanship the oh, yeah. you start to second guess your own tricks sure I got, I got tricks here and I'm exercising those and I'll I'll admire and pay respect to everybody else when we live through this and thing. is that kind of like everybody's great. policy or do you think some of these guys bounce around to each hey others? for the first month here I was telling Jeff. Um, the partner here, he, he kept going, come on, let's go walk down there and go walk through the house. And I'd say, no, I don't do it. It's against my rules. And then he went and told 10 other people, it's against the rules. You can't go over there. You can't come in here. Get out of here. And I said, Jeff, Jeff, that's just my rule, dude. Yeah, Check it's down. Not, yeah. not universal. It's just a superstition. I just don't want to. Yeah. You know, I'll say, I did the same thing that yeah. you're doing. I, I stayed, it's I, not fact, because I don't respect it. It makes sense. I guess. Even block party I get night, it. I stayed, you know, basically greeted everybody. Well, because you house. have a lot of chit chat yeah, that happens exactly. and you're, you're kind of just. If you spend more than five minutes with anybody, it's not, it's too long. Yeah. Because yeah. you got to yeah. really get. Do you know by chance how many pools are on site here? Swimming pools? I think everybody's got a pool but us. Oh, you know what? Elite. So there's, that would be three. We don't okay. have one. And Elite has a big oversized hot tub, undersized pool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, big enough that it, I guess it qualified for a handrail. Because that threw them for a loop there. But then yeah. in the end, they didn't like that. We have a rain garden that's qualified for a handrail in the house we're building right now. Thanks to the city. Like us, we go. Yeah. So that's why you caught on to this one right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, City of Lake Oswego. Oh, look at it. Yeah. So we're about to cut in. You know, I have a rain wall down there. You see that hanging down there? Mm-hmm. That steel on the lid? Oh, yeah. That's 12 foot of rain wall. And we took that piping. First shot at it, the steel guys cut slits. And I said, don't do slits, do holes. But he cut slits, and he was trying, we're trying to build back pressure to right. get an even flow of water. So he pulled it off second try. Here, where we built the scuppers by hand. Everything here is, you don't order it, you, no, you build it. It's so custom. Usually, you order it and then build around it. This, I just, me, picks me one of them. So he's got it running, sort of, see the back pressure. Yep. yep. It's, we're, we're water engineering right now. Yeah. <laughs> the night before the show. Hey, <laughs> I know it all. Too Did you well. see the front pond? 
Uh, yeah, I walked by and I didn't check it out. Yeah, you got early. you got steel bridges over the moat, right? Yeah. And um, inside there, there's eight features of fire, that Vegas style, right? You got oh. burners down below that bubble up with gas. Gas hits the top, and then igniters blow up the the fire, and the fire just sits there and burns the water. So that'll be cool so, for block party night. I'm throwing wet blankets on everybody that comes through the front door. Yeah. No lawsuits, <laughs> wet blankets. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> here's some sunscreen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here's a pretty hot. Here's a question for you. Logistically speaking, you know how you go into some of these great restaurants like Hefe's and the Matador, where they have these indoor fire pits. Is that possible in residential? I mean, you see it in a lot of yeah. restaurants. Yeah, I was going to do that on in 05, in 07. Uh huh. It just takes a, a <clears throat> vent, huge vent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never seen that in the Street of Dreams, and I think it's such a cool component. I th- yeah, I think it'd be an interesting. Yeah, I went to addition. the um, what's the one that closed up at Bridgeport? It was there. It was the spaghetti or the, the pasta, oh, I know what you're talking about. It was a pasta place or something. It had one around Romano's one. or um, it turned into something else after, and they kept it. And that's yeah, but it had a round. Yeah, and that's where I was going to do 07s. So I was going to sit outside and have everybody <clears throat> sit around that and yeah, just get the logistics yeah. got yeah. <laughs> well, he's getting called off, so he's cool. Well, yeah, well, he did, well, he did he great. He's like a. Um, <laughs> he summons me yeah. if I've been too long yeah, he's anywhere. Like, yeah. He's like, get over here. And then he gets me and he's like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Dude. I need, I, need, I need somebody to talk to. So, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? No, this is great. Cool. Good. All right, we'll yeah. let you go. Thanks, Rick. Thanks again for listening to our show and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.